Thanks for tuning into Upward Way podcast. If you're looking to be spiritually blessed, moved and inspired, there is no doubt you are in the right place. On our show, guests recount their encounter with Christ and how their lives have been transformed through the grace and love of God. And now, please welcome our host. Hello and welcome to Upward Way. I am your host, Marlon Walters. My guest today is the co-director of Voice in the Wilderness Ministries, John Noel. Welcome to Upward Way. Yes, good morning. Welcome to you. I must say thanks for making yourself available to share your story today. And just to give some context to my listeners, Brother John Noel is pretty busy each day as co-director. You know, he's pressed for time, but he has made himself available, even so in short notice, to share his story. So I promise that we are in for a treat. The first question where I'll start today, this uh, ministry, Voice in the Wilderness, where did this name come from? And then later, I'll give you a chance to share what the ministry is about. But first, you can just say, you know, why the name Voice in the Wilderness? Right. Well, the name Voice in the Wilderness, it's symbolic of the message, the Elijah message that's been given to us to Seventh-day Adventists. Basically, as John the Baptist was the forerunner to prepare the way for Jesus' first coming, so God's called us to be the forerunner for his second coming. You see, and so as a people, because we have that mission and duty, this is why the name was initially given to the ministry by the founders of the ministry. Those the founders of Pastor Reginald Wright and Evangelist Gary Harrison. That was back in 1992. So that was basically it describes our mission and purpose to be a voice in the wilderness. And the slogan is amid discord and strife, a voice was heard from the wilderness starting and stern, and yet full of hope. And that's the spirit of the ministry, to wake up the people to prepare them for Christ's second coming. I love it. You know, we don't often view our world as a wilderness, you know, especially when yes. you mega cities and you see the lights glittering. But as you just do the contrast and using scripture, you are indeed a voice asking persons to wake out of the slumber. That is good. So in terms of what you do, what are some of the things that you do as a ministry, areas you cover, things like that? At this present time, we focus mainly on the publishing work, and we publish um, mainly Adventist pioneer materials that have been out of print, obviously that are out of copyright, you know, that we believe will be of value to the church and to the surrounding community. Um, we have our own pioneer reprint series of books that's available at wildernesspublications.org. Back in 2019, we published the health magazine called The Eight Laws of Health. That's purely based upon the text of the Ministry of Healing, and that's done extremely well in the UK. At the moment, um, we've printed 80,000 copies. Uh, yes, I know. For a small ministry like us, it's, it's been the most um, successful publication that we've ever printed. I do vid videography as well as photography. And at the moment, I'm helping the ministry in the United States um, on a documentary series called um, Finding American Bible Prophecy. 
as well as I get asked to speak. Um, and, you know, if, and I like to say that we're a movement, you see. It's not just Brother John Noel. There's a group of brethren that we work together, you see. But that's mainly the work that we do. And the work is broad as well. If a family would come to us and ask us to print a funeral brochure, if they're poor, then we would do it for them and just ask for an offering, you know, whether it's a pound or whether it's a hundred pounds, because that's what we believe um, our ministry is for. And we have a radio station that we started every Sunday evening at 6 p.m. I must say to the audience that the two founders of the ministry are at rest, they're at sleep. God put them to sleep in 2014. And one of the original founders, Reginald Wright, he had a vision with me to establish a radio station to meet the community. Because just like you're interviewing me, um, with our radio station, we would have guests called in and we would go through questions to teach them present truth. When I say present truth, you know, I mean the truth that God has given to us at this time. And that's the three angels' messages. So we've taken them from the basics, like um, what does it mean to be saved right the way through to the three angels' messages. So that just gives you a basic idea of the work that um, God's called us to do, really, um, Brother Marlon. So if I heard well, or if I recalled well, it started in 1992, you said, right? Yes, that's right. Yes. That's maybe like 30 years ago. Wow. Yes. And today yes. you have your own printing press. Yes. Um, would you like to hear more about that? I would like to hear more. Maybe I could allow you later on to share. Yes, sure. I'm looking at you as you speak, and I recognize you wear many hats. So when I look yes. at your head, I realize there's not much here up there. So I assume the many hats sort of take off a little of some of right. from your head. But in terms of now your, your journey as a Christian, you know, as a member yes. of the church. Yeah, where, sure. Where did your faith journey start? Did you grow up knowing about Christ, Christianity? Yes, okay. Well, I was born and raised in West London and previously worked in the retail and corporate security sectors. I received the truth about the Sabbath in 1993 from the two men who were the founders of the ministry. That was Pastor Reginald Wright and Evangelist Gary Harrison. Now, what happened was that I went to visit Evangelist Harrison at his home. This was when I was visiting a Pentecostal church. And as a youth leader, they was asking me to give a Bible study. So basically, Evangelist Harrison gave me a tract about the Seventh-day Sabbath. And that tract was called, Is Sunday the Lord's Day or the Mark of the Beast? And Brother Marlon, on the train on the way home, as I read the tract, the Holy Spirit convicted me with such power that I couldn't sleep for three days. I said to myself, what is this? How is it? I was never told this. So... That was the catalyst to the journey from where I am today, because afterwards I was studying the Bible, and um, that was the time when I had also received the book, The Great Controversy, as well. And so basically, because of that, on the conviction of the Sabbath, I left my job, and I said, Lord, if this is truly the truth, I know that the first job interview I go for, you're going to give me that job. And that's what happened. And that was really the start of the journey that I'm on today. You said you left your job because of being confronted with uh, a Sabbath troop. So, I mean, yes. Why? <laughs> okay, because as I said, I couldn't sleep for three days because I had a love for God then, but it was just where I was 
God was testing me to see how I would respond to the light of that present truth at that time. Because I believe present truth is a truth that today that God gives to us. That's where I was, you see. So I said to myself, I love God. And I'm not going to trample on his holy day. So I left that job by faith. Before I was baptized, and I said to the Lord, the first job interview that I go for, you're going to give this job to me because this is your word. And that's what happened. So that set the seal for me that God is true. So that was really the beginning of my journey, Brother Marvin. Amen. We can learn to trust God. And, you know, someone may wonder why did I ask John Noel why he left his job? It would be that this work would demand that he would have to go to work on the day that he accepts should be a day of worship. So it's within that context why I would have tossed that question on him. Now, in terms of making you know, changes in your life, yes. you said you were already a part of a church. You know, what yes. was the pushback that you might have received from, let's say, your friends, your family, even members of this church? You know, uh, that's a very good question. Any pushbacks? Yes, most certainly. You see, you know, when you're searching for the truth, at that stage I was, and I was also studying with Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, when I told them that I can no longer study with them anymore, they brought their elder down, and the elder tried to argue with me about the Sabbath. And you know, Brother Martin, I'll be honest to the listeners, I got so upset that I threw the man out of my house because I believed that he was lying. I've not, not violence, but I just told him to get out, basically, you know. Even then, God had given me a strong sense of, um, of understanding what the truth was and an indignation against people that lie against the faith. I can't explain it. Because when I look back at it now, I think, how is it that I was so defensive of the truth then? I didn't want to hear no, no lies outside the Bibles. And then the minister at the Pentecostal church, he then said to me, he's gone to Bible college and he knows better than me. But I was saying to myself, you saying you know better than me, but the Bible says this. We had a, a disagreement, and I left the church after that. I said, you know what, because I'm a man of peace. Rather than there being contention, let me just leave the church. And that's what happened. So I left both churches, and I went forward um, with the Sabbath, you see, and starting to attend the Seventh-day Adventist churches. So those are the two major pushbacks that I had. Okay, no, so I will continue along the journey of pushbacks, but in another sense. As you go through life, at various stages in our journey, you know, we come upon challenges. And I use the word challenges, emphasizing the strength. You know, we have challenges that are so tough that we wonder, you know, can I move forward? So yes. what would have been, say, the greatest challenge or challenges that you'd have faced in your life, not just as a Christian, but in life? And then what would have been your strategy for overcoming these challenges or that challenge? Yes. Well, the greatest challenge is self. It's as simple as that. You see, it's um, overcoming the evil thoughts and desires that seek to gain the mastery over you, whether you're a Christian or not. You see? So that's quite simply that itself, you know, because when God calls you to a certain path, just say, for example, the Lord's asked you to um, study your, the Bible every morning for strength. But then when you get up every morning, self is saying, I'll just go and have another hour to sleep. But then before you know it, it's time for you to get going your daily duties. 
So if you put self first and didn't give God that time, there you go, you've lost that divine strength, you see. But when you put God first, everything falls in, into place. That's the same whether you're in the world or not, that you've, you've got to put duty before feeling. So that's, for me, the greatest struggle in life, and it always has been, whether I perform my duty first or whether I go by feeling, emotion. Emotion should never be above duty. That's deep, and I, I think I need to allow that one to sink. Emotion should never be above duty. I don't know if many persons ever thought about life in that sense. You know, I will say I'm angry. <laughs> I feel this way. So yes. I'm going to knock you, for example, or I'm going to shout at you, or I'm going to quit because I'm angry, but you are saying it shouldn't be, even though we are emotive beings, our decision should not be based on the feeling, but based on duty or yes. let's say principles. Now, in terms of your growth, you started out as a babe in the faith. Yes. Nine years, you know, today you yes. are co-director of this ministry. Yes. So how do you actively pursue your own spiritual growth? Oh, uh, yes. You've hit one of my favorite subjects now, Brother Martin. Now, I actively pursue spiritual growth by first spending time in prayer. Why? To prepare my mind to, to receive God's word. Then I study the Bible and the spirit of prophecy. That instructs me in the way that I should grow. So you see, prayer first to prepare the mind, then the word of God to instruct me. And then I seek to practically carry out that which God has, um, that which God says. How? By a well-ordered well life, healthy lifestyle, and seeking to serve others through the power of God. So th these are practical steps that I take for spiritual growth. Because spiritual growth to me is to grow in the power of God's love, to reflect his glory, because the spirit of God is self-sacrifice in love. So if you're becoming more loving, then you're growing spiritually. But if you're becoming more selfish and hateful, then you're degenerating. So you see, Brother Marlon, so that's really what it is. The, the greatest indicator for me doing all those things is whether I'm becoming more loving towards others. You know, sometimes when we have to work, we come upon, let's say, individuals or situations that just don't align with maybe or comfort or experience or desires. An example for me, you know, I might be asked to, to work in a particular community or someone may ask, you know, could you lead out in this particular aspect of service? Yes. And I don't necessarily <laughs> look forward to it, but I guess sometimes you don't want to hurt a person's feelings or something. Yes. You go ahead. So, has God ever given you an assignment that you said you know? Oh, yes. Um, would you believe that there's been twice now where I've attended a funeral, where I've been asked to co-assist officiating at the funeral? Just turn up, because there was no one else to assist the minister. And obviously, myself, I'm, I'm here to, to pay my respects. Now they're asking me to go up and officiate with me. But... God strengthened me for that. But yes, and, and then again, when I was sick, because I was sick five years ago, almost unto death, and um, my family was saying to me to go to the doctor, didn't want to go because every time I was going, they were just leaving me on reception. You know, we just want to lie down, nowhere to lie down. So I was dreading every time that they were telling me to go. 
you know, those are the two main areas in my life recently where, yes, these have been assignments because health is, this, you know, determined your spirituality. So, yes, when I've been asked to minister at funerals, you know, um, not to lead out but to co-assist as well as to go to the doctors when I'm not feeling well, again, out of duty, you know, those are the two areas where the Lord tests me the most, basically. I find your serious situation kind of humorous. So you are saying you are sick and you are to go to the doctor and you don't want to go. I mean, yes. what is the reason behind that? Well, okay, because, you know, when you feel nauseous and you don't want to move, but you've got to go there to get the treatment because they're not going to send you an ambulance. <laughs> so, you know, um, I don't know if any of this is, there must be some that experience that when you're feeling nauseous 24 hours a day because of the tablets and you don't like getting joked with needles all the time, you know, but then you've got to go because if you don't go, your family's on your back and it's a duty before God because God wants you to be responsible. Looking back at it now, it is funny, like the man's there half dead and no one looking after him and he's there because he don't want to be there. But, you know, God has got a sense of humor, Brother Martin. He knows what we need to discipline us. And I can thankfully say, and I'm not lifting up myself here, but those incidents, um, I, I didn't fail while I went, you know, under duress at first, but then I realized that it was for my own good. Amen. It's important that we, you know, can follow even when we don't really want to. There's a question that sometimes it's a little difficult to answer you know yes many persons have turned to god they have turned to the faith irrespective of denomination but for whatever reason maybe they decide you know this is not for me based on your own experience you know what do you think there are individuals who find it difficult to trust god's plans for their lives or even to continue in the faith to the point where they just throw in the towel and they just give up? Why do you suppose individuals find themselves in this situation? In my experience, the simple reason some people find it hard to trust in God's plan for their life is that they do not allow God to lead them in his appointed way. See, they just want to live life their own way but they're not willing to let God lead them in the ways of righteousness. And it's usually those who primarily want the pleasures of this world who are not willing to deny themselves in order to have a greater knowledge of Christ because they've simply not learned to trust in Christ and thus receive his love and his power. Because from early on in my experience, at every step of obedience, I felt power, strength. It can't be explained. Are you with me? You know, God himself blesses you with his presence. And these days, there's very few people that understand what it means to have the presence of God in their life. What did the Lord say to Abraham and Moses? My presence shall go with thee. You see? So if you don't experience God's presence, how can you long for it? They've not submitted themselves to learn to trust in God's um, power and presence, you see? And and they don't know his goodness as they should. So it's kind of like... You haven't given yourself a chance to have that experiential relationship with God. Yes, exactly. You see? I mean, because look, 
in a relationship between a man and a woman, you know, natural relationship, that love should should build naturally through communication, time spent together, you know, and you learn about each other's good qualities. How can we learn about the good, good qualities of God if we don't give them a chance to reveal them to us? It's all down to what we want. That's my experience, you see. As I prepare to transition back to your ministry, just a question that, you know, yes. that I just feel like throwing at you, you know, what do you think would surprise most persons about you? Oh, okay. Well, um, I'd rather not speak about myself, but if you really want the answer, um, they'll be surprised at what God can do through me when I submit to his will. You see, that's a simple thing basically, that what God does and what he will do, really, that, you know, what on earth? How on earth? All the glory be through God and to God through Christ Jesus. It's as simple as that. You know, there's no surprises in me about what God will do through me if I submit myself to him. That's the best way that I can answer that. Very good response. So going back to voice in the wilderness ministry, yes. And the publication, you, you mentioned one of the, let me just say publication, because I'm not sure yes. if it's a magazine or a tract yes. that you said was one of the most, um, is it sold? In terms of your reach, you know, is it that your publication is limited to the UK or North America? You know, what are some of the countries that you... Oh, okay, right. Yes. 90% of those magazines have gone in the UK. But some have gone to the US, some have gone to um, Africa, some have gone to Europe as well, as more and more people um, get to understand about the magazine. And actually, Baba Martin, there's some good news as well. Um, the Tamil community in London, um, they have contacted us and, and they would like to translate the magazine into Tamils because they want to reach this um, Sri Lankan community in London. So at the moment... We're in the midst of translating that, you know, and who knows, maybe that may go to Sri Lanka and, and to Asia as well. Yes, yeah, so the UK at the moment is, is the main place that has been reached, but the magazines have gone out into the US as well as into Europe, you see, and Africa. What kind of impact has the ministry had on the lives of persons? You, you did indicate the impact on your life because you said yes. it's a year after it started, you know, you were introduced to the faith. But yes, apart from yourself, what kind of impact? Oh, well, uh, Baba Martin, if I go back to the beginning, did you know that, that the track that brought me in the faith caused a revival in many churches? That was back in 1992. And since then, uh, where can I start? You know, um, the Advent Pioneer reprint series that we print, that's helped individuals to understand more solidly about the Seventh-day Adventist message because our pioneers wrote much material, you see, and um, the impact it's had, especially when you're talking about um, the areas of principles of prophetic interpretation, it's um, because some of the books that we print help people to understand the principles of prophetic interpretation, like the moral purpose of prophecy. So it's helped many people to see Christ through prophecy. Um, there was a video that we done called Holy War, as well, that helped backsliders to come, come into the church. Sunday keepers have accepted the Sabbath. People have been baptized, you know. So the ministry is born fruit, 
you know, um, even when we traveled to Europe, I remember there was, there was an issue over the trumpets. So many people were going to sell their homes through the ministry we had there. It helped people to accept the truth and it saved their livelihoods. You know, it's just countless, the opportunities and the effect that the ministries had on you, the Lord knows. And I'm saying this humbly because all those who know this ministry will tell you that um, it's a divine miracle what he has done through such a small ministry around the world, you know. It just goes to show 12 men turned the world upside down. I'm not saying that we're the apostles, no way, but that um, the ministry has proven itself, you know. And I, I just like to let the people know that we're not separationists. We work with our church, you know, basically, and that's the reason why the ministry was established, to work basically to support the work of God. That's a very good point. We're not separationist because indeed they are independent ministries, independent ministers who, for whatever reason, their focus is anti-organization <laughs> and they focus on what they are doing. But as you say, it's about working hand in hand with the corporate body of believers. I want you to share also, you know, persons may want to order whether they are in the UK or across the world. These materials, are they only available in hard copy or can we get in soft copy? Do you have, for example, DVDs, CDs? Do you have audio? If persons want resources. Oh, okay. The simple thing to do is to go to um, wildernesspublications.org. We have a website there where people can order um, the books that we send. There's many books that are on there. There are a few DVDs, and those will be shipped to anyone all over the world, basically. All the materials are available on our website for the people, in essence. So you did say wilderness. Let me explain, Baba Martin. Um, yes, before you explain, uh, just for the sake of the URL, I, I mean, I know the web address. But oh, sorry, yes, right. You could just slowly spell out, you know. So that's Yes, okay, yes. Wildernesspublications.org. W-I-L-D-E-R-N-E-S. Okay, yeah, so it's W-I-L-D-E-R-N-E-S-S-P-U-B-L-I-C-A-T-I-O-N-S, wildernesspublications.org. Yes, and you were saying just the other day, so you can continue from there. Yeah, so basically, this is how the ministry grew. Wilderness Publications started in 1996. You know, as DVDs and CDs started to get more prominent, for some of the listeners, this might be too, too far back for them. But back in 2003, that's when Wilderness Digital Media was formed. The ministry has many branches. Wilderness Publications is the printed page. Wilderness Digital Media is digital media. DVDs, CDs, MP3s. And that was just to, to make the distinction between printed publications and digital publications. So wildernesspublications.org is for the printed media only, you see. And um, Wilderness Digital Media is the websites. And I haven't mentioned that, but there's a number of websites that we have, you see. So I hope that makes that clear. As clear as crystal. Yes. As I said, it's clear as crystal. So there are other websites persons can go, but the main one is what you have just shared. People struggle to find balance in their lives. 
So how do you maintain balance in your life, you know, between ministry, between your personal life, between yes. maybe disappointments, rejections, and so on? How do you strike that balance in your life? Well, quite simply, there's a time for everything, you know, um, a time to wake up, time to pray, a time to study, a time to eat, a time to work, a time to rest. Now, as you know, Satan tries to come in to disrupt your life. But when a disappointment comes, the first thing to do is to go on your knees and ask God for strength to face that problem. Because, you know, and I say to many of the listeners, Jesus came to give us strength to face our problems. You see, that's what many people don't realize, because that's what sin, sin makes you a coward. Righteousness makes you um, bold and courageous. And Jesus did not shrink any responsibility. He met all of his um, problems face to face, and that's what I've learned from him. So I face my difficulty to the power of God. And when they get too tough, because we're only human, sometimes you just want to bawl your head off. Been private, you know, Lord, this is too much for me. But once the tears have gone, through the power of God, you get up and you go forward. That's what makes a man. That's what makes a woman. So quite simply, yes, by the, the grace of God, I ask him for strength to meet my difficulties. And think of good things. And can I say this? You see, children, we've got much to learn from them. Sometimes when I'm feeling down, I watch children's programs for ABN. You see the, the laughter, the smile, you know, the innocence. We tend to lose that as adults. And that's how they get through problems. They might fall, ah, cry. But after that, they're smiling and they get up. That's how we should be as adults, you know, but in the adult sense. So that's plain and simply how the Lord is teaching me how to get through problems, you know, to get up and keep going forward by His grace. So much to learn from children. And for those who think children are insignificant, as you just shared, we can look at how they conduct themselves yes. and learn so many things to keep us going as adults. Ministry has grown leaps and bounds. I would say as is customary among persons who are ambitious, you know, we usually have plans for growth, right. plans for expansion, plans right. to start, you know, to tear down, to reconstruct. So what's, are they plans in terms of future projection for the ministry? Okay. Well, it's to maintain the radio station every Sunday because we have one guest call initially. That's the main guest like I'm calling in now. But the plans are to have the community calling in and, you know, answering questions. And, um, but for that, obviously, we'll need more manpower. That's with that respect. Um, we'd like to also to increase the um, awareness of our publication so that more people can be aware of the truth that's been entrusted to the church, you see, and to, to um, carry forward more translation projects. But the main thing is one step at a time. I don't believe in multitasking. I believe that you take one subject, one project at a time, you put all your effort into it, and then... Once you've done your best, get the divine approval, you see. And I challenge our viewers to go to the book of First John and look at what's written there. You'll see there's focus. That which we have seen, 
and heard, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. There's different levels of intimacy. And God has taught me that through scripture. First, you see something at a distance. Then you look more closely. And then you get to the point that you handle it. And that's how we handle our projects, that we take one project at a time, see it through solidly, and then we go forward. Yeah, so it's mainly translations to increase the translation base for the radio station to expand more into the community. But obviously, the most important thing is for my own spiritual development. You have hit the nail squarely on the head that as we minister, we can't neglect our own spiritual development. I just wanted to throw another question with regards to ministry, but this time to the radio station. It's an internet-based radio station. I understand that on a Sunday, you have a live program. So yes. what about other days? You know, Do you have content streamed or is it just one day that you stream? Oh, yes. It's just one day. It's just on the Sunday because quite simply, I haven't got the time because I'm Monday to Thursday, I'm video editing for another ministry across overseas. You see? Yeah. So it's every Sunday. That's the time that, um, you know, that we would stream the radio station between 6 and 7 p.m. So that's 6 to 7 p.m. UK time. So for Yes, that's right. UK, you can just go on a world calculator and you can get the time that would be relatable to your part of the world. So like for me here in Japan, the UK, it's eight hours behind. So we can just add eight hours <laughs> to our, yes. uh, well, actually minus eight hours. So it shouldn't be so difficult for persons who may want to tune in. So if persons want to tune in, maybe they can't participate, but they may want to follow, where can they go to tune in so that they can benefit? Okay. They go to V for Victor, I for India, T for Tango, W for Whiskey, V-I-T-W, then radio, one word, V-I-T-W-radio.org. Once you go to the website, you'll see the streaming page. And then you just click on Listen Life. And you can do that anywhere around the world. And um, we'll be uploading podcasts in the second half of the year. The reason we haven't done it the first part of the year is because we we would encourage people to listen live rather than to wait for the recordings. But yes, VITWradio.org. Yes. I hope one Sunday I can actually join live. Yes. I know it might be early morning for me, but I will be getting some time later in this month of July. So I should be able to, to tune in to at least one session. The final question that I will throw at you might be strange to the audience. I don't generally ask this question too much, but what would you say you find to be the most attractive thing about Christianity? The most attractive person is Jesus. It's as simple as that. The experiences that I have with him mean more to me than anything else in this world. The love, the power, the care. The mystery of godliness cannot be explained. And I desire to know more and more. It's to know his love and power in your life. You see? So when you're traveling, to know his presence Sometimes you, you don't feel his presence. It's not about feeling. You think about your, the past experiences that you've had. But it's just Christ, him, his, his, his beauty of character through the word and through nature. And it's the lifestyle. 
it's the whole complete package, you see. To me, life is totally fulfilled in Christ, you know. So it's him, him alone, who's obviously a reflection of God the Father and the Holy Spirit. So um, he's the one who's, who reveals to us the love of God. Amen, amen, amen. My guest today is John Noel. He is the co-director of Voice in the Wilderness Ministry. Let me say thanks for being available to share your story with us today. Oh, yes, you're welcome. I'm sure the audience have been richly blessed. But as is customary on this show, just before you go, do you have any yes. words to share with our listeners? Oh, yes. Quite simply, that the Seventh-day Adventist Church is God's last day church upon this earth. In my mind, there's no doubt about it. And Jesus is coming soon. He's in the heavenly sanctuary, pleading to God the Father on our behalf to give us time so that we can work with him to overcome sin and evil. And God is love, and he's seeking to impart his love to us. It's not about intellectual knowledge or BSEs or, or GCSEs or, or doctorates. They have their place. It's about being educated in Christ. And no matter how tough the struggle is, trust in God, because I can testify that. I've been through near-death experiences, and by fully trusting in him, he's always brought me through. Look at where God's taken me today. So my simple words of encouragement is to be ready for Jesus to come. Do whatever he asks you to do, because whatever he asks you to do is for your best. And that's my part in words, my brethren and sisters and all listeners here. Be ready for Jesus to come. You've been in tuned to Upward Way. Do join us again next week when we'll have another interesting guest sharing his or her story of faith. Subscribe to weekly episodes on the Apple, AWR, Loud Voice, Spotify, Stitcher, or Podcast Guru apps. You're also invited to visit Upward Way Facebook page. Click like and leave a comment. Until then, I am Marlon Walter saying goodbye. May God bless you. You've been listening to the Upward Way Podcast, the number one audio production show for people who want encouragement and reassurance in a muddled world.